What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gaming Trend Reboot Podcast. My name is Mike Pierce. Um, I'm one of the two co-hosts of this show, and this week, before we get started, I should say Mr. Joey DeClara, my co-host, is out. He's uh, sick and battling, I believe, some sort of a sinus infection. I talked to him earlier, and he sounds absolutely horrible. Uh, but in his stead today, we've got our editor-in-chief, Mr. Ron Burke. Ron, what's up? Hey, that's me. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> and uh, we've also got the Hunter Wolf, another man who went to uh, E3 and the person who gets fired almost every week. What's up, Hunter? The Hunter Wolf. I, I, I would also like to say Hunter Wolf is definitely one of the best damn names I've ever heard. Your parents <laughs> loved you a lot. <laughs> actually, actually, they didn't realize it. That's the funny story. When they named me, they didn't realize the irony. Oh, it's awesome, though. Yeah. It's Thank kind you. of backwards, don't you think? Shouldn't it be Wolf Hunter? I don't know. It doesn't work as well. I mean, that sounds cool, but Hunter Wolf, it sounds like a person who is awesome. Wolf Hunter just sounds like, <laughs> eh, you know? Well, Hunter Wolf sounds like a Metal Gear character, is what I'm saying. That's yeah. actually a good point. It does, yeah. <laughs> so um, this week we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um We're not really going to go into the news in detail because since we are now one week post E3, uh, pretty much everyone is kind of taking a break from from video game news, it seems like, and things have been pretty quiet. So uh, both Ron and Hunter were on the show floor in the trenches, and so we are just going to talk about their experiences at E3. Um, So first off, why don't we just get a good idea of... Uh, what your hunter actually this was your first time so let's talk to you first i know this yeah, was you, like uh <laughs> you said i believe you said in twitter this was a dream turned reality for you it was a dream turned reality yeah so why, I, don't, why don't you tell us in the show about that and you know was it everything you hoped it was going to be was it disappointing was it exactly how you wanted it to be yeah you know um Normally, when you set high expectations for yourself for something, you you often get let down. Like you go to see a movie you're really hyped for, and like really hyped for, and then you come out and oh, it just wasn't as good. Well, it was the opposite for me when I went to E3. I expected it to be like E3, you know, this event that I watched since I was a kid, and I went there and it was just like really freaking cool. Um, and that didn't slow down at all. You just meet all these um really cool uh people and um. You get to talk with developers just, like, one-on-one about their games. All these at once, it's just like, um, yeah, it's a lot at once, which which makes it really fun. Awesome. So, um, I don't know, like, you, you went once, you mentioned a long time ago you went once before as a fan, right, when you were younger? Yeah, it was like 2011, it was a long time ago. So My can you... Uncle, can you compare the two? Like, what what is the difference between going as part of the press and going as a fan? Yeah, the the press part of it, um, it's, I'd say it, it's a little more demanding for sure because you're you know you're there to work and mm-hmm. you're there to um, make sure you're getting the scoop f- for your readers and going as a consumer, you're just there to be hype, you know. But um, it was still just as enjoyable going going as press too even more so i think because you get to meet the minds behind the games that you're you're working on uh that people the minds behind the games that you like to play whereas fans you know they just get to play the games right 
Right. So, Ron, now what about you? You've been, what was this, like your third or your fourth? E3? <laughs> this is my 16th. 16th, okay. <laughs> I was trying to I was yet. trying to make you seem a lot younger for uh, you oh, know, for all no. the people on the podcast. No, I'm about to blow that idea out of the water. So this is my 16th E3, and I'm the cranky old guy that just like, yeah, shut up, get out of my way. So, um, yeah, I'm very much about, you know, I've set appointments, and I go to my appointments, and I try and avoid the show floor as much as I can. Mm. Um, I've done that for too many years to to get hype about the show floor anymore. Really? Um, it's still fun for me. But this is my opportunity to meet up with people that I don't necessarily get to see that often and True. shake hands with new people and get to meet, you know, I still get wowed about meeting some of the developers and stuff like that. I mean, um, I get to meet uh, Shoyu Yoshida from Sony uh, at the pre-E3 event. That was kind of cool. No except, way. Uh, except his bodyguards were very clear about there's no taking a picture with Mr. Yoshida. There's no shaking <laughs> Mr. Yoshida. There's no, you know, so... That part kind of sucks, but you know, there's there's other folks in the industry that are super cool. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto barely speaks any English, but uh, it is cool to to get to shake his hand and you know you're you're meeting people that kind of shaped your childhood. So E3 is kind of special for me. Um, that said, so the, <laughs> the, the first year that they offered uh, tickets to the public, so we had eighteen thousand more people. Uh, at a show that was not designed for the public. Right. So uh, talking with a lot of people waiting in line for things, you know, I'd, I'd look for their yellow badges, and I'm like, so is this what you expected? And a lot of them were really disappointed. You know, they felt like, you know, they're used to going to PAX, and maybe in 15, 20 minutes they're hands-on with whatever game, or, you know, yeah. for some of the bigger stuff, maybe it's an hour but it's designed for the consumer, whereas mm -hmm. E3 is definitely not designed for that purpose. So they're sitting in line. Uh, well, Destiny 2 is a great example. If you wanted to play Destiny 2 and you weren't a member of the press, well, you had about three minutes to get to the booth and get in line, and then the person holding up the queue thing that says queue is full, try back tomorrow, was sitting there. Oh, uh, man. You could literally sit there all day and get to play Destiny 2, maybe. So Damn. that's not, that's not really set up for consumers that well. Uh -uh. I don't I don't hold it against the consumers, uh, except for one person. I'll get to that guy in a minute. Um, <laughs> I'm excited but, for uh, that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so they're just as excited about video games as we are, but they have watched years of, you know, hey, I'm here with, uh, you know, the the doctors from Bioware. Let's talk about your game. That's not the experience that they're going to have. You know, they're not going to be meeting with, uh, you know, kind of the luminaries of the industry. That's yeah. that's not the the experience that that they're going to get for that two hundred fifty dollar ticket. All right. So the one guy that I do blame. Um, so I was wearing a backpack because I'm carrying around my laptop and I'm carrying around you know audio visual gear and stuff like that. I got open palm shoved by my backpack by some jackass trying to get to one of those lines so he could wait in line <laughs> for hours. What he doesn't know, uh, but he knows now, and probably probably still will have a bruise for a while, is that I wear steel-toed combat boots to these events. And he open-palm shoved me, and I snapped a sidekick into his shin. So he's going to feel that for a while. I don't know what his thought process was, but um, Hunter, you've met me. I'm not a little guy. <laughs> I, I, no, I, can't I, I wouldn't fight you. 
Right. So I can't imagine what he was thinking, but I imagine I will have le- at least given him a few weeks of maybe I should change my attitude. But I kind of doubt it. No, yeah, it, when, people like when the that. show is redesigned, when the show is redesigned, I think the best approach would probably be something like Gamescom, where there's you know two days of press, and then we will just fuck off. We'll get on a plane and go away, and then they can sell as many tickets as they want and do another two days of nothing but public. Have at it. Yeah, I actually wish that they would have done that at PAX for longer because when I went to PAX, I've been to PAX as a fan and as part of the press and. They, they have that same idea, but it's, you know, only for a very short period of time. There was a one hour media time on the first right. day of PAX. I was like, what the hell am I going to do in one hour? Yeah, you know, what, what does that get me? Like, I can barely navigate the entire show floor in an hour, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe once, even when there's no one there except for the press. So I was like, okay, well, this right. is just pointless. You could sit down for an hour uh, at one appointment, set up your capture rig, and get your interview, walk out, and it'll be a sea of people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now that we've now that we've uh, sung the praises of of E3 and the consumer public, <laughs> and, and talked about assault. <laughs> oh right, assault and yeah, assault and battery on the the show floor. Yeah, actually, I have another thought. I was talking to some people as well. Um, on the show floor, and a lot of consumers were concerned about safety at the show. Now, I haven't, I don't remember what it was like when I went, and I haven't been to too many um, big trade shows in the industry as well, but there were a lot of times I literally just walked in through the doors and no one looked at my badge, and there were no bag checks, and that was on the consumers' minds as well. So I think it's a real problem that needs to be addressed. So you're yeah. talking like actual. Uh, um... I don't know if I want to say terrorism, but I mean, that's sort of the implication, right? Is that there's zero security so people could bring in guns or weapons or do horrible, mm-hmm. dastardly shit without anyone knowing about it? That happened yeah, just mean, two weeks prior at Phoenix Comic Con, so yeah. I mean, it's not like it's outside the realm of possibility. Right, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's been that, you know, that Manchester bombing wouldn't be all that different. I mean, sure, it's a concert, but it's the same idea, right? So, right, yeah. Yeah, when I went to the PC Gamer Show, which was off-site, it was not at the LA Convention Center, they did do kind of like a check-in. They made you walk through a metal detector and everything, but that wasn't the case at E3. There were actually, it's funny you bring that up, there were actually two guys who um, posted, was it on Reddit or Imgur or something like that? They posted, um, they didn't have the, you know, the $250 entrance fee to get in, or they had just not purchase tickets i don't remember what their reasoning was but they decided to have a little adventure and so they went on um they either went on amazon or just bought like those sort of generic all black serving clothes you know that you see like the oh, catering right. people oh, wear no. and um they parked in like the the volunteer or like the employee parking lot for e3 which apparently only cost them four bucks and they went in through some employee elevator, and there was a security guard there who who sort of half-assed challenged them. You know, it was something like, "What are you guys doing?" They're like, "Oh, we're 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 late for our for our catering gig. We really got to go. Can you can you tell us where it is?" Kind of a thing. And he basically let him right on through, and then <laughs> they they snuck their way onto wow. the show floor and into Sony's area and a whole bunch of other stuff, and didn't pay a dime just because they were wearing fake catering clothing basically so yeah 
So the only thing that doesn't ring true about that, having been to L.A. many times, I'm actually from not too far from L.A., $4 for parking? I don't know. That seems highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was kind of calling bullshit on that, too. But this is, you know, this is the Internet. The Internet lies all the time. So maybe it was like 40 bucks. I don't know. Right. Yeah, and... And the thing is here, you know, anybody could sneak in, right? It like there's always a, a way that you know an assaulter could could get in. Um, that's not the front door, um, but I think it's important to have those kind of uh, early preemptive measures, like you know, bag checks in and metal detectors to um, to just like at what was it called, Phoenix Con? Yeah, Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, had a, dude had a knife, but here's the thing, right? So if I really want to take after kind of the people of London, they're like, yeah, okay, this shit went, this shit went down, that happened. I'm moving on with my life. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let these guys win, because the second we do that, they really have, you know. I, I'm, I'm yeah. right there with it that we should do bag checks and make sure that people aren't being irresponsible. But uh, I, I'm not going to live in fear. If it's my time, it's my time. And if I spot somebody doing something like that, I'm going to take them out. You're going to kick him with your steel toe boot. Absolutely, right in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to, I think our battle cry is what uh, that British guy said, the fuck you, I'm Millwall. And then you just, and then you got to go after him after that. Are you sure that our battle cry shouldn't be, I've been building PCs longer than you've been alive? That could be, yeah, that's probably another good one. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense out of context, but confusion is a great part of battle. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, all right. So let's get let's let's talk some some optimism here. So, Hunter, why don't you tell us? You were on the show floor. Um, what was the best thing you played, or your most memorable moment, or you know, um, just yeah, tell me, tell me, come on, hit me with it. You're Mister Positive, so there's got to be tons of yeah. good stuff. Uh, well, yes, it, there was lots of good stuff. I played some really cool VR games, and I also played some really bad VR games. But the coolest thing that I got to play was Sea of Thieves. Finally, it was so good. I was laughing the whole time. It's this uh, open-world pirate game, and um, I'm writing a preview for it. And basically, it's like every kid's pirate fantasy stuffed into a video game. From randomly just drinking grog to skeletons with swords and naval combat and... Uh, treasure hunting off of maps. Like, there's this mechanic, you get a map, and um, it might be a treasure map, and it gives you the shape of an island, so you have to look at um, an actual map to uh, find that island specifically, and then you gotta work together to navigate there. It's just so cool. Do they have sea... Do, can you sing the, the sea shanties like you could in... Um, which which was that, Black Flag? Black yeah. Flag. Um, I don't know if you can... I can answer shanties. that... Ah, I can answer that. I'm in the alpha, so I probably shouldn't say too much, but yes, you can, and you can play, you can play musical instruments. So I stood on the deck during (laughs) combat, playing an accordion, hammering out, hammering out music. Oh, so good. That same thing happened to me during our demo. We're in the middle of this like sea storm and we're in combat with one or two other ships. And I stood on the masthead with my accordion and it was playing uh, Flight of the Valkyries. (laughs) Right. It was so good. This game sounds badass. I'm gonna have to try this out. I that sounds awesome. I and you know what's funny though, Hunter, is that like you so I read your um the write up that you did after after you played that game and you sounded you sounded a little bit overwhelmed by it. Like 
there were there was too much going on. There was too much multitasking, and it was um, too much to keep track of. Is what, you mentioned that a lot? I remember in your yeah. So can you talk about that? Yeah, like there isn't right now that I've seen, and maybe Ron, you have. There isn't like a goal that I've seen or a, a progression. Um, everything that I've seen online and from my own experience has just been here's a sandbox, go make sandcastles, right? It's um, there isn't much direction, so I wasn't. I don't know how that's going to feel if that's the product at launch and there isn't like. A defined thing you have to do but also i don't know if the game needs that i only played it for like 20 minutes was my demo so it's hard to say right now maybe yeah it's the same it's the same in the alpha they, they drop you in the middle of the world really? and say go nuts um i think there will be some overarching do this go here you know mm-hmm. uh, amass this amount of wealth sort of mechanic but uh this is also why the game's not coming out uh until later this year i believe because yeah. I think that all that stuff has to be added now that they have the, the mechanics working correctly. Hey everybody, Ron Burke, Editor-in-Chief for Gaming Trend, here to tell you a little bit about an upcoming game that might be of interest. 12 Realms Dungeon Land, a new Kickstarter effort from board game veterans Mage Company, is finally underway. Before you can commit your dollars, I imagine you'd probably like to know what this game is about. In 12 Realms Dungeon Land, an evil and powerful magic has mutated the populace of the 12 Realms. As the source of this evil is unknown, it's up to the player to tackle dungeons, banish twisted evil monsters and villains to save the Twelve Realms. In the game, players take on roles like Prince Charming, Red Riding Hood, Grumpy Dwarf, the Wizard of Oz, and many more familiar faces from popular lore. Taking between 45 and 90 minutes for a session, the game is not an expansion, but in fact a standalone game, and if you own the previous Twelve Realms games, you'll be able to use them with a conversion kit. Foes including werewolves, bandits, bosses, and other beasties are AI-controlled, meaning that all players get to be the hero. The game is built for up to four players, including being able to play it solo, and it's aimed at ages 13 and up. Dungeon Lane will also feature a campaign mode, an arena allowing up to eight players to square off, and a new unique mode called Master Quest. In Master Quest, players who can't tackle the 45-90 to minute complete campaign can tackle a single scenario complete with different endings and boss battles. The game is live on Kickstarter, so hit our link in the podcast to check out all the details and pledge for yourself. Keep an eye on GamingTrend.com for a full look behind the scenes, and stay tuned for our eventual full review. Thanks, guys. What about you, Ron? If if Hunter's favorite uh, was Sea of Thieves, what about you? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> well, give me a couple, then. That's really tough, right? So, uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of War oh, God, was yeah. amazing. Yep, um, that looks incredible. And... It's entertaining when you've got a bunch of the monolith guys all kind of around you, and they hear something that they had never heard in the game before that tells you kind of how much they've stuffed into this game. Mm. Um, I had I had assaulted a uh, a fortress, and when you do that, the new mechanic for assault comes up, and you have to pick your army, and then it uses the same nemesis system from before, where you can kind of infiltrate their army with your troops. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have that moment of, you know, the enemy's like, ha yeah, we're going to kick your ass. And then all your troops, are, all of their ter- troops are suddenly your troops. So, you know, you can, you can do that same infiltration if you want to put in the time ahead of time. But for the demo, they had like two or three guys that were turned, and then the rest were all uh, enemy. And they get to pick randomly, of course, um, what sort of enhancements they want on that fortress. So it could be uh, they can do like double reinforced walls 
so then your siege weapons can't actually break the walls for your troops to get in. So you need to get over the wall instead, or through the gate. But they can also reinforce the gate. They can uh, load up different siege, uh, the grogs, the big dudes. They can mm-hmm. put siege weapons on top of them and lob mm-hmm. fireballs at your guys. Well, anyway, oh so I, I tried to take their fortress, and I took out one area and planted my flag and ran to the next one and ran into three captains, and they just slaughtered me. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, that didn't go well. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a little rusty. Let's try again. So I go back, and the area that I planted the flag was still... Um, it was unguarded at that point. The captain that was guarding that is still dead. So that was great. But uh, as I approached the uh, the the, ga- uh, the, uh, the second attempt, <laughs> the uh, the war chief comes out and he's like, "I'm trying to take you seriously, but with how bad you cocked it up last time, I just don't think I can." And he's like, laughing, and his troops are laughing at me, and I'm like, oh, hell no. No, 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 everybody in this place has to die right now. <laughs> but yeah, that mechanic was great. Um, they kind of fixed up some of the the painful mechanics in the first one, like, you know, traversal is much faster now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not always looking for a Karagor to ride. Uh, uh, Talion can actually move pretty quick now, so there's a sprint mechanic. They've They've definitely taken a lot of those reviews, uh, including our own, and paid attention to what people liked and what they didn't. So that that one's going to be really good. Um, Destiny 2 on PC felt like home. Uh, it was real fast that I was scoring headshots while flying through the air and yeah. setting people on fire. So that's going to be awesome on PC. Um, Archangel on VR was really good. Uh, that w- caught me out of just completely out of nowhere. Uh, if you like Pacific Rim, you're going to like Archangel. You're running around in giant stompy robots. Oh, you cool. have uh, shields on each arm. You're shooting missiles and guns. Um, that one was nice because even though it doesn't use a teleportation mechanic, you're moving slow enough and there's enough static pieces that it, you don't feel motion sickness. Um, mm. it, uh, Kay and I both suffer from motion sickness uh, issues with VR, and neither one of us felt sick after playing it. So, quick side note, Ron, can you agree with me that the new Mech Warrior that um, Piranha is putting out, I think, like next year, absolutely needs to have VR capability? Does it not? So, I asked their CEO while I was out there for MechCon, and he looked over at his PR handler and then went back to me and said, no comment. So, (laughs) I don't know. You can infer a lot of things from that, but the engine that they're using supports VR right out of the box. But yeah, I'm right there with you. It must have VR. Right. Like it if must. there's any game that's begging for VR, it's MechWarrior. I mean, come on. Like right? that's been the dream since the original MechWarrior came out in what, like 94 or something? I think it was right around there. I think you're, you're off by a decade. I think it's 84 for the original MechWarrior. Really? Now, wow. Now get it up. Mike, wow. Ron has been building computers since longer before than I was alive. alive. Well, I, yeah. ooh, maybe I don't know. I was probably alive. <laughs> but I was probably pretty young. Uh, you, were, you were still on Pepperidge Farm. Oh. It was that part of your life. Fuck you, Robs remembers. Uh, 1989. Damn. Okay. So, yeah, I was four. So, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was a while ago. And, Hunter, you weren't you weren't even a twinkle in your dad's eye at the time. Not even. No, I was thought. not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so how about... How about surprises then? Let's let's talk surprises. So, Ron, you mentioned Archangel. Um, 
Did I get that name right? I haven't actually heard of that yeah, yet. Yeah, Archangel. Okay. So it's it's by uh, Skydance, the guys that did uh, the new Star Trek movies. They formed a VR company. Oh, awesome. And they're making VR titles now. Yeah, oh. so super high production, looked great. I was really blown away. Uh, but that's not my biggest surprise. Okay, what's your biggest surprise? I have surprise? been waiting for multiple E3s now, and I was even talking with you guys in the Slack channel, and I'm like... Okay, do I air, do I dare to even wish for another Metroid Prime game? And am well, I just going to get my heart broken <laughs> if I ask for Beyond Good and Evil 2? And I got both. Yeah. And then some, right? So I got Metroid yeah. Samus Returns, Metroid Prime 4, and Beyond Good and Evil 2. Now, I saw the footage today for Beyond Good and Evil 2. I know they're just starting development. Is that going to be the sequel we've been waiting for for a decade? Or is that going to be... Some multiplayer god awful mess. I don't know. We'll have to see. Mm. But it's cool that they're actually they actually care enough to try. So right. yeah. Well, and, and that's been with like the the talking pig, right? There's yeah, like page. Ta- talking and wait, Paige, isn't that the? Oh wait, don't you play nope. as a girl in that? Jade who has is a camera. Girl. Jade. Yep. And, and the and pig Paige is... is the pig. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that game. What the first one came out in '03? Is that right? I think. Sounds about right. Yeah, on yeah. the original Xbox. Yeah, and they've been going on and on about that kind of, yes, we're doing it, no, we're not, yes, we're doing it, no, we're not, and I think everybody had just come to the conclusion that it was dead in the water somewhere, so that was right. that was a big surprise. Absolutely, that was a big surprise. Now, what about you, Hunter? I mean, obviously, I think the, the Metroid Prime and Beyond Good and Evil 2 blew everyone away, um, but do you have one... Like Archangel, something that really came out of left field that you like you didn't even know existed, and boom, here it is, and oh man, I really love this thing. Yeah, none of those actually. Um, I didn't feel like this year was was huge on um, completely new reveals. We had Bioware's new IP, which was yep, um, Anthem. Honestly, like we knew they were coming out with a new IP, but that wasn't much of a surprise to me too, considering you know. Um, it's you can tell the Mass Effect influences there, the just the sci-fi setting and everything. But mm-hmm. honestly, the biggest thing that I was surprised by was how good the new Spider-Man game looks. Oh yeah, uh, right? yeah, that game looks awesome. I did, and I'm not even a Spider-Man fan, like movies, comic books, yeah. and anything. And that game looks pretty damn fun. Yeah, it it just uh, it looks like. I mean, I didn't Insomniac. They did Sunset Overdrive, right? Were, were they was that, that studio? Uh, the that? last one I um, remember them doing was um, that game I reviewed where you're the yeah, the, you're right. the little Sunset girl. Was Insomniac. The, um, you're that little girl in the submarine. What the hell is that called? Why can't I think about that right now? I even did the review for it. Little girl in the submarine? Oh, you're clearly talking about Spyro the Dragon. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which level was that? <laughs> what the hell? Why know, can't I think of Oh, why can't I think of the name of this? Talking about Song of the Deep. That's the one. Yes, that's the last game I remember Insomniac doing. Uh, Wasn't that them? Wasn't that Insomniac? Yeah, it was them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, then they well, kind of did this whole Ratchet and Clank thing about a dozen times, too. Yeah, that's yeah, true, yeah, too. That yep. one. That's, I think, what really put them on the map was Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I knew when, when they made that announcement, like, the Spider-Man like IP was in good hands, right? Because... Sunset Overdrive had such great environmental traversal and mobility. I felt like in that game, Insomniac proved that they could 
pull off a game like Spider-Man instead of it being handed to these like lesser lesser known developers who don't work on titles as ambitious as a Spider-Man game. But um, to their credit, they weren't all terrible. But but yeah, this one just looks good. And I'm also kind of uh, I like that they're not doing Peter Parker as the protagonist. The demo that you see is Peter Parker, but they also revealed that you're going to be playing as the um, more recent Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales, I think is his name. So that's kind of cool. I, I think it's just awesome that they're sort of returning to that really, really, um, I guess the, the webbing mechanic, the way that you traverse the city so effortlessly, like the, um, that was, which Spider-Man game was that? I, was it on original Xbox even? Spider-Man 2. Okay. Yeah. And, and that one was just super famous and loved for its amazing sort of navigation mechanic. And this one looks very much like they're aiming to, to do that again and just make it better. Mm -hmm. So. I, I, that's really awesome. I may actually even pick this game up. And like yeah. I said, I'm not even a Spider-Man fan, but <laughs> this looks pretty damn cool. Yeah, the combat, too, takes a lot of cues from the Batman Arkham games, mm-hmm. and we've seen that kind of trickle down into a bunch of other titles now, too, but um, it puts its own spin... It puts its own spin on it. <laughs> like spinning um, a web? Yep. Oh, um, man, Hunter. Jesus. like... It, in combat, you can tap a, a trigger, and um, Spider-Man will like pull off a move that uses items in the environment. Like there is one scene where they were on a rooftop, and you tap the L1 button, and he pulls like a girder um, off of a crane, and it just like swings around and knocks these guys out. It's really cool. Yeah, I saw that. The whole that whole sequence. I mean, I'm sure you know there there had to have been some some prep in throwing all those things together into one seamless. Uh, a really, really nice sort of PR video, but yeah. <laughs> still, it was a pretty sweet sequence. You have to, you have to but. admit. And then going through the buildings, chasing after that helicopter, and you know all that you other might stuff. Say, that was. You might say that whole sequence was amazing or spectacular. Like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> that, no, it's uh, I, I, I don't know anything. Um, telling of that Spider-Man, I just know it's called Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> just Hunter enjoy with my the dad jokes, jokes, people. Just enjoy my my puns. Uh, my biggest surprise, honestly, uh, just out of complete left field that mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Mario, Mario and Rabbids Battle Kingdom. Where did oh, where did yeah. this XCOM Mario come from? <laughs> it it was so good, and never never would I have imagined that. They would combine Mario and Rabbids in a game that would attract my attention. So okay, so I, I I'll be honest, I haven't looked too much into this game, but as a as a pretty pretty big sure. strategy player and a pretty big big XCOM fan, explain how the hell this works to me because I'm having trouble <laughs> picturing this. I mean, right? I, I hear you saying it, but even though even though you're telling me it exists, it sounds. It sounds so strange. It's hard for me to believe that it's real. So let's hear it. So, so yeah, you've got kind of the XCOM movement style where you can move a certain distance, mm-hmm. and you have each character has powers, and those powers uh, may cause you to traverse around the map. You know, you may bounce off of a rabid character, which will put you on the other side of the map, which can be tactically good or bad. Um, there's also warp pipes that you could jump into to move across the map. Uh, but yeah, it's basically like it's a top-down, tactical kind of, well, I guess I should say isometric, three-quarter-down tactical-type game. Hmm. It, it did not... It, 
never in a million years would I have expected that. But uh, Miyamoto was saying, you know, don't try and make a Mario game. Don't try and make a Mario platformer. Make something else. Uh, you know, making that dude tear up in the in the crowd. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's completely unexpected, and it's a completely new twist on of incredibly well established properties. And I just I never would have imagined putting those two things together in that way. Mm. That's crazy. So, yeah, you got to check out the video. There's a there's a gameplay video up of it on uh, on Gaming Try, and you should check it out. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And by the way, uh, anyone who's listening, go to our uh, our YouTube channel, Gaming Trend Vids. Hit a subscribe and check out all of our content there. Yeah, you um, can also hit it from the uh, the E3 hub that's on the front of GamingTrend.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Uh, so. Let's. I guess I, I want to kind of start wrapping it up here because we can go on and on about this um, for a long, long time, and I'd like to. But uh, why don't we? I'm going to do something a little bit different here, and I want to get. I know we're uh, just under a year from the next E3, but I want to see if you guys have any crazy predictions for the next E3, and we'll see. Hopefully, we can revisit this next year and see if either of you were correct about anything. My Last, my prediction from this show still stands that next year we're going to see the Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. And by next year, we're also going to see uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the alleged Tomb Raider sequel. So these are the things you predicted for this year, and you're just saying, fuck it, I'm doubling down, and they're, they're, <laughs> they're going to appear next year, right? I didn't I didn't predict Shadow this year because I read a report that it wasn't going to be coming to the show, but um, Crystal Dynamics, I, I did think, I was I thought that it would come to uh, come to the show this year, and it, it didn't um, for the Avengers game, so okay. next year for sure. Is there anything that you think is, um, how should I say this? It's a long shot, but you really want it to happen next year. That you're just you're just dying to see a sequel or a, a prequel. Ron, you or... answer first. <laughs> oh, I gotta lead the way. Um, the long shot stuff. Uh, Death Stranding, whatever. Forty-five minute long cutscene, Kojima uh, <laughs> madness. That will be. I don't see that coming out in 2018. He's too busy going. I have unlimited money. What should I do? Oh, I'm going to grab Norman Reedus and make him hold a baby because reason. <laughs> so he's too busy doing that kind of shit, and somebody at some point has to turn that into a game. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't see that coming in 2018. Okay. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody will reel him in now that he doesn't have all that uh, Konami money, you know, and go, uh, we need to talk about production schedules, sir. <laughs> so, okay, now, Ron, now what about your more um... – your more rational and logical predictions. What do you what do you think is a good possibility that we'll see next year? Okay, so my most anticipated title for next year is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh uh, right, yes, from CD so, Projekt Red. Uh, Witcher three what blew my mind. Witcher two was amazing. CD Projekt Red clearly gets gamers, not just gaming, and their their Witcher expansion packs were longer than most releases and had more content that mattered. So I'm really excited to see what they can do with a completely new property. Well, I, I say completely new. It's based on the the uh, tabletop book, right? Mm-hmm. But it, this is a completely new property for them. No more fi- uh, fantasy setting. Let's go to the future. Let's see how that, you know, we've seen so little of it, and I'm still just as hyped as, 
as can be. And then uh, sim- similarly, only seen from leaks, is uh, uh, the Star Wars game from uh, Visceral. Mm. So, uh, you know, you've got the Uncharted uh, writer Amy Henning penning that. We might get a Star Wars game uh, that's, you know, well, for one, it's not going to be multiplayer focused, right? Battlefront 2 looks amazing, and I'm sure that the single player is going to be great. Um, big props to EA for their presentation at that. Uh, it was pretty great at the, uh, the EA Play event. But I'm looking forward to, if I can't get Knights of the Old Republic 3, give me something Give me something with a good story. I can get behind that. Yeah, I would definitely... Oh, man, I would jump at the chance to play some more KOTOR. I love those right? games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love those games. I uh, That was that was Bioware at its finest, I think. Right? I think that might have been their, their magnum opus, maybe even. I'm still a little salty about Bioware, though. So when I saw... When I saw um, what is their name? I keep thinking of Claim, but that's a thing. Thinking of company. Anthem? Anthem, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that I thought was not... Uh, the first thing I thought was, wow, that looks beautiful. And then the second thing I thought was, and why did Mass Effect not look like this? Yeah. Right, that's did what I thought. Mass Effect for this? Right. That was. I mean, that seems really short-sighted. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And it was, it was forefront in my mind at the time, too, because that big... I, I don't know if you read it, but there was a big article that came out in uh, Kotaku, maybe... A week, two weeks at the most before E3, um, that was, it was a pretty in-depth article, um, interviewing a lot of the developers at BioWare and talking about the reasons for basically why Andromeda got so jacked. And, um, and a large part of it, or at least one of the factors was that it was, you know, this time it was BioWare Montreal, so the majority of the people working on it were new to the series. Right. And, all these other things, and then, and so I was thinking about all these things and milling them all over, you know, and then all of a sudden Anthem comes out, and it looks like holy shit, this is Mass Effect, and it looks like the quality I remember from Mass Effect. So, right. it was crazy. I, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I thought the exact same thing. Like, why is this not what we got back in March? This should have been what we got back in March, but it you, wasn't. You've got to have, you've got to have a Blizzard set of balls to say, <laughs> <laughs> to say, you know what, this is not up to quality. I'm not going to release it, and they've done that multiple times. And I have, I have so much respect for that because that is, you're throwing away a lot of development time. You're throwing away a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, up front, a lot of potential money on the back end. But they realize, okay, if we're going to maintain this reputation, we've got to be serious about it. If this isn't up mm-hmm. to scratch, I'm going to either delay it or scrap it or retool it or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we didn't get Project Titan whatever their new MMO was, but I'm pretty sure people are okay with Overwatch as a consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to have that, you know, we're not going to release it until it's right. And just for context, Hunter, I'm pretty sure that Blizzard has been making games since before you were born. That's true. <laughs> That's probably true as well. Okay, I'm gonna they do uh, Diablo, Hunter. right? They do I'm Diablo. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yep. I'm gonna say yeah. some words and you're not gonna understand most of them, but <laughs> okay. I can remember I can remember putting in Hayes ATDT commands to make my modem dial my other person that I was gonna play multiplayer with with uh with the original Warcraft. So if any of those words other than Warcraft made any sense, I'll be shocked. I've heard modem dial. I think when I was. <laughs> 
in <laughs> like intermediate school, we used to have one. Dial up, right? The really slow stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah, the really slow stuff. Yeah. I used to even have the, I guess you'd call it melody, of my modem dialing memorized because you know you're doing it. <laughs> Every single day, and I was listening to it multiple times a day. So I actually had those yeah. that sequence of of notes memorized. Mm. That was and and God, I, the worst. You know, the worst about that for me was any time Microsoft would issue a Windows update. Oh God, that was the worst goddamn thing ever. You know, because <laughs> like okay, we're, now we're just gonna have to have our modem connected for four days in a row, yep, nonstop to download wow. this. I don't know, a couple hundred megabyte patch or whatever. It was just a nightmare. Right. It was an absolute nightmare. Don't pick up the phone, mom. Come on. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, exactly. Someone breaks the connection. Bam. You've lost all your progress. You'd start over again. Yeah. Oh. I don't believe, I don't believe anyone who says that any other time but the present was a good time to live. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were dark times, Hunter. They, they were have, dark yeah, times. Absolutely. Totally dark yeah. times. <laughs> When when speeds were measured in baud, yeah, those were dark times. <laughs> now we're getting off onto an, an old people uh, an old people tangent. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think like on that note, the old the old people are, are going to end it there and go to bed because we're old and tired. And Hunter, yeah. you can, yeah, do you, you have can... time to hit lubies before I go to bed? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I you even I got either. me with that one. Ha. That's, a, yes. that's an old old people eat there. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> Maybe we don't have them up here in Seattle. I don't know. I'm sure you don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go spend money on the Steam sale and go read our, our write-ups on uh, our E3 stuff. Absolutely. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Check out GamingTrend.com. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Gaming Trend Vids. You can find it uh, on GamingTrend.com, and you can also just navigate to YouTube and find it. Check out all our content there. You can follow me on Twitter at GrumpyGamer. That's Grumpy with two R's. You can follow Mr. Hunter Wolf uh, at Hunter underscore Wolf with an E. Did I get that right, Hunter? Always. Always, yep. And you can follow our glorious supreme leader, Lord and Savior, Mr. Ron Burke, at Nightshade GT, or is it just Nightshade? K-N-I-G-H-T-S-H-A-D-E-G-T. Oh, perfect. Look at that. All right, I got them all. I can't even believe that. That's amazing. So we, (laughs) we better just end it there before I screw it all up. So we'll see you guys next week. All right. Oh, we forgot to do something. What did we forget? Now I've done it. The clap? The clap. Oh. <laughs> now we don't need to do it because it just records it all on my end with this thing. Like, we always do the clap. Okay. There you go. Need to, we, we need all to clap. clap in our life? I'm not <laughs> sure. Wait, have, it has to be in sync. On zero. Three, two, one, zero. Uh, All right, cool guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for rolling with the the punches as usual. Um, Things are going to be a little different for the next couple weeks because I'm going to be in the UK. I get there on Tuesday, so uh, I have something for you. By the way, Um, I have a set of Warhammer pins to send you, but I want to wait till you actually get there so I can have them not get lost in the post. Yeah, the, oh, you even got the terminology right. The post, right? The post. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been reading uh, Harry Potter and the Foregone Conclusion, book four. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. You got your Brit terminology down. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, do you guys know a little quiz here? By the way, we're we're I mean we're done recording, but um, okay. I've run across some interesting terms recently that I didn't you know, and I, my dad's English, so I grew up speaking this shit, and I didn't even know these. So what would you call tongs, like barbecue tongs, if you were British? I have no idea on that one. That one's new to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cooking tweezers. Ew. <laughs> it makes total sense and sounds disgusting. It right? does, disgusting. but ew, yeah. What do they call tweezers then? Uh, uh, tweezers, I guess. <laughs> they're facial just... tweezers. Yeah, yeah, you just, exactly. Yeah, you. <laughs> or um, the other one, tweezers. the Aww. other one that gets me. Well, there's two others, and then I'll, and then I'll shut up and I'll let you guys go. Um, so. If you're sweeping the floor here, you grab a broom, right? There's no, there's no other word for that. It's a broom. A broom is a broom is a broom. But what would you, what would you call a broom if you were, if you were British? God, I, a I, sweeper. You're not a that far bro- off. I have no idea. A brush. Oh, a sweeping brush. What is it? A sweeping brush. Yep. Is it really? Wow. It really is. It's a sweeping brush. A yep. sweeping brush. Yeah. And the the final one is so if you just made dinner and you're cleaning up, you chuck a bunch of dishes in the sink, and you're scrubbing them before you put them in the dishwasher. What do you call the liquid that you use when you've got the dishes in the sink that you're scrubbing with? What do you call that? It's got to be something lame like sink soap or something like that, <laughs> or a bar. Washing up liquid. Like a, wait, what is it? Washing up liquid. Washing up liquid, because of course it is. Right, like, why don't I just call it fucking dish soap? I mean, come on, right. dish soap. It makes sense, right? But no, we got a washing up liquid. Like, get the fuck Wait, out of here. You confused me with brush. You have a sweeping brush. Do they call other brushes, like, a combing brush, a painting brush? Is I, that... Well, a comb is a comb, right? A comb is not a brush. Well, I don't know. I Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not in the UK it's not. Maybe you're wrong maybe. about that. So you're you were talking about possibly going to Gamescom, but that's in August. That is that even reasonable for you? Uh, as far as what w- like what do you mean? Why reasonable? Well, I mean you're like you're gonna be starting a new job and all that stuff and all that, right? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's I guess at this point it's uh something I would love to do, but it's hard to realistically plan for it because there's not a whole lot set in stone mm, after right. this upcoming Tuesday. So yeah, that starts August, like third week of August, I think. So yeah, that's if not this year, then you know I can definitely hook you up with tickets for next year or whatever. We'll, okay. we'll figure all that out. You'll miss you'll miss uh, Angela Merkel though. She's going to be opening Gamescom this year. I saw that. Yeah, it's like the, and I love the city. I love Cologne. Um, yeah. I've been there before. So beautiful cathedral there too. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd love to go, but we'll see. I, I, like I said, I have no idea what the hell's about to happen, and we're going to be spending at least a couple weeks, um, literally buying every household item you can think of because the house is 100% empty except for a bed and two chairs. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, at least you got a place to park your ass and a place to lay your head. Right. Mm. That was yeah. Those were. And I got internet. That was so his minimum. The basic... That's all he was looking for, so he's satisfied now. Yeah, he's the basic human things. needs are met. Internet. Roof, bed, and well, food I guess is nearby, so we're good. Yeah, you can go get that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, dude. And yep. uh, stay in touch. Keep safe. 
Absolutely, yeah. I'll uh, I'll yeah, be in touch travels, Mike. via email and stuff. So I'll I'll just be. I would expect me to be in and out for like a little bit. Um, I have, like I said, I have internet hooked up already, but I'm probably not going to be looking at my email very much. So, right. Um, but if you need something, I'll I'll try to check it at least once a day. So. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. See ya.